This is HPR episode 2784 entitled The Yamaha Disclavia. It is hosted by John Culp and is about 24 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is I talk about the Yamaha Disclavia DKC 500RW that's in my office at work. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and I'm recording another episode for Hacker Public Radio. Today I'm going to talk about one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It is a Yamaha disc clavier. The disc clavier is a kind of piano. A little background, um, when I became director of the School of Music and Performing Arts here at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, I got to change offices. I I went from being in a rather small office next to the trumpet professor, which was extremely noisy, into the largest office in the department, the only one that's got windows. Incidentally, I always keep the blinds closed because else I can't see my computer very well. But one of the things that came with this office was this magnificent piano. It's a a Yamaha, which, I mean, Yamaha make excellent pianos just without any fancy frills added to them. If you just get a straight-up Yamaha acoustic piano, it's wonderful. But this one is a disclavier. The disclavier is a, it's a player piano that uh, was invented in the late 1980s, I believe. This one, according to the webpage I found that helps you date your disclavier, this one comes from around 1990 which I think jives with what I've heard about how we acquired these things. We've got five of them in the department in various parts of the building. And I'm told that we got them on a grant proposal. This was before my time. I was still in college at the time. Um, But since they're so expensive and since our department doesn't, by default, have money to buy things, we got a grant to buy them. And I think the idea at the time was for people who needed uh, piano parts to go with something else, like uh, singers who have to sing for their juries or their recitals, uh, they always have to hire a pianist to play with them. I think the idea behind the grant was to get these things where the pianist could record with the singer, and then the singer could just practice using the recorded sound on one of these disc claviers and not always have to have the human pianist uh, with him or her. I don't know that it was ever really used, uh, you know, extensively in that capacity. But um, I've got one in my office here, and every once in a while I will put in a disc and play something on it, and it's just really, really wonderful. Now, this is one of the older ones, so the discs are actually floppy discs. Now, I should say the word disc clavier is a clever combination of two words, disc 
and clavier. Uh, disc, of course, just means disc, like a floppy disk. Clavier is the German word for keyboard. And so it's a very nice and clever combination of the two words there. I'm going to put a couple of pictures of the control unit in a, um, you know, a Flickr slideshow or something so that you can see what it is that I'm talking about here. It's a small thing, about the size of a modern DVD player. It's got a, a little LCD readout and several buttons to control stopping, playing, pausing, recording, skipping to tracks. You can choose left or right channels, and you can also control the volume to some extent. Now, there's a speaker that's with this that I, it's not hooked up, and I'm not sure exactly how you hook it up or what it's really for. I would have to read up on that a little bit. I've never heard it actually in use. It's a Yamaha speaker, so clearly it's meant to be paired with the piano and the control unit. But I don't know. It's got a microphone input, so maybe... Maybe you're supposed to plug in a microphone, like if you uh, wanted to sing along with the piano, uh, pop songs or something like that. You could play a track on the piano and then sing through this little speaker with a, with a microphone. I don't know. I, I've never tried it, but maybe I should. My daughter would be keen to do that experiment with me, I'm sure. Um, so the, the way this thing works, it's a... I, I don't know all the, the technical details. and In fact, maybe I should have had our piano technician to... Uh, interview to get more details on this, but the piano on the inside, I mean, from the outside, it looks just like any other piano. It's a beautiful, like uh, shiny, glossy black piano. It's upright. This is not a grand piano. They do make grand piano disc claviers also, but this is one of the upright ones. And if you look inside the lid, you can see that there are little wires going down and attached to every single key on the whole piano. And these, presumably, are what are, you know, the signals are sent from the controller. And it plays keys and presses pedals and so forth. What this thing does is it can record precisely any performance that you play on it. So you, you sit down, you press record, and it will record every single thing that you do on the keyboard. All of the exact dynamics, every note the exact rhythms and the exact pedaling that you do and store it in a MIDI file on a floppy disk. Now these are really floppy disks because it's just from, what, 1990. The modern ones presumably would have USB drives or even internal storage and the modern ones are also networked. So yours, your disk clavier can be connected to the internet for various reasons, one of which is there's a, there's a thing called disk clavier radio where they hire pianists to come into a studio in some central location and just play the piano live. And they would have classical pianists, jazz pianists, pop. You know, you tune into whichever channel you want to hear. And you can stream an actual live performance of a piano who knows how many hundreds or thousands of miles away. And it actually plays your piano in your living room or you know, wherever you have the piano. It is, it's crazy cool technology. Um, one of the cool things about playing this also is that you can watch the keys going up and down as the, the thing plays. Now, the player piano is not a new concept. It goes way back to the maybe even the 19th century. I, I would have to Google this, but I'm pretty sure they had player pianos in the 19th century that were controlled by piano rolls that were like rolls of paper with holes punched in them or something like that. 
And some of the very famous pianists in history have made piano roll recordings, Rachmaninoff, Enrique Granados, and others of that sort. And so you can hear them playing. If if you've got a piano that will play back those roles, you can get actual performances by those people right in your room on a real instrument. Um, I think the first time I ever saw a disc clavier was I was working at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. one summer, 1993, and on my way home every day, I had, I had to walk from the library over to a, a specific spot where the van was going to pick me up, and I would, uh, if I had a f- few free minutes, I would walk through Union Station, and they had a, a Yamaha disc clavier grand piano set up in there that was always just playing. And uh, I used to stand there and watch it. it. I remember sometimes it would be playing like Vladimir Horowitz, uh, who, one of the great pianists of the 20th century. Vladimir Horowitz would be sitting there playing for you as if he's a ghost. And um, it's, uh, it's a really, really cool technology. Now, uh, I've also used this. There was a time when I wrote some, I wrote some music for Piano Four Hands that I was going to play. Now, I am not a pianist, and so... Uh, I wrote these pieces, three easy pieces for piano four hands, with the intention of writing them for people who were pretty good musicians, but who were pretty terrible on the keyboard. And so uh, getting ready for the performance, you know, piano four hands means that there are two people sitting at the same keyboard. Uh, to get ready for the performance, I used to practice with one of these disc claviers. So I would play my own part live, and I would have the other person's part as a MIDI file playing with me so I could practice with it over and over and over again without having to bother the person I was going to be um, performing with. And it was extremely helpful. And let me tell you, it is absolutely unforgiving when it comes to tempo. You cannot slow down for one second because it just keeps on going. (laughs) It's uh, literally a machine. All right, so maybe I've talked enough about it. Let's listen to something. What I'm going to have to do is I've got two different recorders going here. So I'm speaking into my Zoom with a uh, Sony stereo microphone attached to my lapel. And I've got my, my mother-in-law's Marantz professional recorder over here with a different microphone set up. And so I'm going to start the recording on that now. Uh, and this is because the piano is so loud that it's going to be really distorted in my uh, speaking microphone if I tried just to use that microphone to get the sound. And so um, I think this is going to work. I'm going to have two recordings and I'm going to sync them up by doing a clap here. Let's see. Okay, that should allow me to sync up the tracks so that um, any speaking I might do over it will, will line up just right. But I, I think what I'm going to have to do is whenever the piano is playing, I'm just going to mute my, uh, my spoken audio file. We will see. Um, so I've loaded up a couple of things here. The, the first one that I want to play for you is one of my very favorites. This is from a website. There's a website where you can download tons and tons of files to be played back on your disc clavier. And I will have a link for that in the show notes. This is one of my very favorites. It's, uh, it, you know, it only says untitled on the little display here, but it's, um, what, hang on, let me find the title of the song. It's something about something love, love, love or something, you know, how most of those pop songs are. 
Uh, I have a listing of all the tracks here. Oh, that's not the right one. Shoot. Um, it's from a, a, wait. Oh, Falling in Love with Love, that's it. Falling in Love with Love. Um, Richard Rogers and Lawrence Hart. So it's a Rogers and Hart song. And it's played here by a jazz pianist. Now, the website says that these are all public domain, and, that, and they might just be referring to the, um, the Discliver files and not the actual song that is being played. So I won't play that much of it because um, I don't want to alarm Ken unnecessarily. Here we go. This is Falling in Love with Love, played by some guy and recorded on Disclavier, and now I'm playing it back on this one. Here we go. So I'll, I'll stop it right there. We got to the uh, end of, a, of the head there. Um, let me poke around a little bit. Let's see what else. Uh, every one of these just says untitled on it. I'll just play one here and just see what it says. See what uh, song it might be. That sounds really boomy. Um, Let's go. It seems like there was one I liked about track number three or so. <laughs> you guys recognize that one? That one is um, when you get caught between the moon and New York City. Is that Christopher Cross song? Arthur's theme. Um, yeah, uh, Arthur's theme, recorded by Christopher Cross. This is a jazz arrangement of it. Yeah, let's see what track number four is. as time goes by. Um, there, I think there's also one of my own compositions on here to which I hold the copyright, so it can be safely played back. Let's see. 
Where's that? Okay. I wrote a piece for Solo Piano. Now, this is straight from a MIDI file generated from Lily Pond. So this is not a live human performance that's been recorded. This is just uh, a computer-generated performance that's being realized on an acoustic piano. So it won't have that human touch that these other recordings have. But it was a pretty cool way for me to get some idea what the piece was going to sound like on a real piano because, again, I cannot play this. It's much too hard for me to play. Uh, let's listen. This is my Tarantella for solo piano, a piece I wrote in 2006.
that's my Tarantella. Um, you know what we should try? We should try recording something and then playing it back because that's a it's a key feature of this instrument. You guys want to do that? Um, again, I'm pretty terrible on the piano. So this is not going to be awesome, but it will at least demonstrate the fidelity with which it records and plays back. So I'm going to hit record since I've got a disc in there. And let's just see. I'll goof around for a little bit and then play it back. So let's please wait. I'm waiting. We're waiting. Okay. And it looks like the play pause button is blinking, so I'll press that. There was a little beep. Presumably that means we are recording. I don't see the time moving. That's enough. Let's, uh, let's stop. Let it do its thing. Writing to disk. Do not remove disk, it says. <laughs> All right. Let's play back. truly terrible. Anyway, you get the idea. It, it makes an absolutely perfect copy of it. Uh, it's pretty amazing that this technology is from 1990, and it's 
it's playing off of floppy disks. You know, uh, they, they really knew what they were doing, Yamaha. Um, I don't know what else I want to say about this. Uh, it's not the kind of thing that anybody can just go out and buy. These are very expensive. Um, I think even in 1990, it was over $10,000. So um, I, I would suggest getting one if that were at all reasonable, but, you know, it's, it's probably not unless you're really, really into music. But um, it's a very cool thing, and I thought you guys would appreciate the technology. I'll put a couple of links, and I think I, I will make a... I made earlier a, a quick video showing the keys moving all by themselves, and I'll, I'll post that on YouTube as well so you guys can watch it. It's pretty darn cool. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed hearing about the Yamaha disc clavier. This has been John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm unzipping my recorder pouch, and I'm going to press stop here in a second. I'll talk to you guys some other time, okay? Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.